Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Have the Tigers on their heels right here. Vaughn. Come to talk with you again. And that bounces in for the because a vision softly creeping Adrian Martinez, he knows where the end zone is seeds while I was sleeping The 11th negative play for this K-State defense That was planted in my brain Still remains With the time that it's picked off the sound of silence This is the Mazzotcast Howdy Tiger fans, welcome to the Mazzotcast I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Not with us tonight is Caleb Bungard, who, if I'm not mistaken, has offed himself. He's actually on a fishing trip, Brennan, but uh, he should want to off himself, as all good Tiger fans should. Yeah, I guess we're starting a little low energy, Colin, but uh, that's to be expected because Missouri's second game of the 2022 season was an unmitigated disaster as we went on the road to Kansas State and lost, I don't know, what was it, 40 to 12? Yeah, it's as, it was as embarrassing and any Barry Odom outcome. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think the bloom is decidedly off the uh, Drinkwitz Rose. I think everybody on Twitter is pretty much set sail on that. I mean, Listen, you know, maybe he'll pull a Barry Odom and win like the last five games of the season and, and get by himself some time. I mean, he's going to get another year because of this recruiting class, I suppose. But I also feel like this Rene Reed Francois ha 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 AD is, uh, you know, want to put a stamp on everything anyway. She didn't hire him. She has no loyalty to him. I get the distinct impression from her that she um, wants to have her fingerprints on things. So uh, I don't think she needs much of an excuse. And God, when you get absolutely... Hot dog water. Hot dog water. Shit down your leg. Embarrassed the way we did against Kansas State. It's not, you don't have to to hunt very hard for reasons to show Drinkwitz the door. Yeah, well, and I, I do not think that he will be fired in this year three. I don't either. But I think definitely the bloom is off the rose, no doubt. And, you know, the thing about it is that uh, this is not the first embarrassing, humiliating, ill-prepared loss that we've had. We've, we've got one every year under the Drinkwitz. Helm. Frank, frankly, I mean, really, the Drinkwitz years have been no different than Barry Odom. I mean, last year it was the Tennessee game, which we made a big deal about. We went to, we had a big tailgate, and it was just, I mean, there was no joy to be had in it, just like this Kansas State game. There was no tiny aspect that you could take and say, well, at least there was this. 
nothing existed. It was, it, it just looked like a team that wasn't talented and wasn't prepared. But the problem is we know that they are talented. We know that we do have these highly touted recruits. We do have these capable people on our team. But the chess pieces were aligned in such a way that nothing worked. It was the same way against Tennessee. And, you know, how many of these disastrous no-shows can you have? And the fact is, at this point, we have to realize that Kansas State, a Big 12 program, that should be at least on a level, we should be on a level with. They're not Georgia. They're not Alabama. They're not even Texas or Oklahoma. And they boat raced us. And we have to realize that, you know, we're seven, eight years into, since the 2013-2014 SEC division winning years, we've been 500 at best. And we're hurtling towards a four and eight season at best right now. We're a fucking poverty program right now. And it's hard to be a Tigers fan because all the insults that Tennessee fans and Arkansas fans throw at us, we can't throw anything back because they're right in Drinkwitz is a big part of it, and he's got these guys, and we all want to see him succeed, but we're three years in. We don't have any semblance of a quarterback except for the freshman who is highly touted, and he's going to refuse to play all season long, as far as I can tell. It ba- basically, we've regressed. I mean, I remember the first thing that gave me optimism for the Drinkwitz era was we came out of the gate, and everybody seemed to know what they were doing. The game looked cleaner and uh, crisper, and I was like, hey, look, this is what it's supposed to look like, a coach who knows what he's doing, has everybody prepared? Mm-hmm. And then this happens. Like, what is going on? You know, this is year three. Yeah. This shouldn't happen. You know, I mean, I'm not saying we should have won this game. Everybody knows what we're sort of in a, what should be maybe a transition period, but this is ridiculous. And I, I just question Drinkowitz's personnel decisions as much as anything. I mean, obviously the offensive play calling is suspect, but the offensive play calling, I think, is partially suspect because the quarterback is so suspect. Yeah. And the running, he's got the wrong running back starting. He's got the wrong quarterback starting. Last year, he had the wrong quarterback starting. Then wouldn't pull that quarterback. Of course, maybe we see why now. But, I mean, it makes you wonder on this roster, who is not playing that should be? Because Drinkwitz obviously doesn't know. And in the press conference, Brady Crook's my quarterback. Fuck you, buddy. This is Division One college football. It is not play favorites. You don't play Cody Schrader because you're like how polished he is and He's a fucking kiss ass for whatever reason you jacked off all over him. And this, and Brady Cook, I don't care if he's from St. Louis. I don't care if he's a swell fella. Fuck that. You got a fucking four star sitting on the bench who is physically bigger and stronger than any other quarterback you have on the roster. And he's riding the pine because of your pride, because of your stubbornness, because of your ignorance. You're losing and you're about to lose your fucking job. And I hope your idiot pride and your smarmy Bullshit press conferences are worth it because you know what? The shtick is worn out, drink. The shtick is worn out. You're funny and you're glib and eat shit, buddy, because you better start winning some fucking football games. And I like how Kansas State's coach kind of gave him the fucking high hat at the handshake because Drinkwitz is rubbing sand in everybody's eyes on Twitter when he's winning these recruiting battles. You know, he is being uh, glib to, to other coaches in the SEC. And for what? What has he proven? He's fucking Barry Odom 2.0 as far as I can tell at this point. He does recruit better. Yes. But where are the results? They better start showing up because I just watched a very middling Kansas State team who really only played two quarters of a football game absolutely fucking boat raced us. It was hot fucking garbage. Hot garbage. I look at it and I think 
where would we be if we had retained Barryotum for now seven years? You know, because we were sick to death of Barryotum. We weren't ready to see him go because what we had was a defensive minded coach who could not fucking stop the opponent from scoring points. And what we traded it for was an offensive coach who can't fucking score the football. So what the fuck have we been doing for the last seven years other than embarrassing our state, embarrassing our program, and embarrassing our university, and then them embarrassing themselves? Because when you are a fucking offensive-minded football coach and you do not hire an offensive coordinator because you are in charge of the offense, and then this sideways, inept, impotent bullshit is what we have to view in the third fucking year you suck at your job and there's a lot of people like he just needs to get an offensive coordinator he needs to get an offensive coordinator he's not going to do that because he was hired to be the offense you know he is the guy he advertised himself on his offense the quarterback whisperer it's all fucking smoke and mirrors he's a fucking snake oil salesman and now listen we're coming in hot and maybe things can turn around, but it does not look like it will. It does not look like it will. We have horses in the stable. If Sam Horn were to play, if he were to throw it to Luther Burden, if somehow we would fucking put together an offensive line that could hold the fucking defenders at bay somewhat better than a colander can hold fucking spaghetti, then maybe we could win a few football games. But I don't see the coach willing to do it, and I don't see... The guys on the line able to do it. So, you know, I mean, it starts there too. Our fucking offense and defensive lines have been terrible. We, you can't do anything unless you win in the trenches and we cannot win in the trenches. So when we come and drink this hard and it's only second game of year three, it's because what do you see that's going to turn anything around? What do you see at the end of year three or the beginning of year four that makes it any better? Cause I don't see anything. Sort of the same thing we said to the said to the Conzo lovers and the Odom lovers. It's like, listen, I I'm not rooting against our head coaches, but show me what I have to root for. I mean, because beyond a rooting recruiting class, Drinkwitz has showed zilch, and you know, and he came in as this offensive mind, quote unquote. In the three years he's been here, it looks like the Alex Fix offense screens and underneath passes that are for five yards and are blown up five yards behind the line of scrimmage half the time. And oh my God, so many negative plays. And I mean, and just keeps doing the same thing, keeps running sideways. Like Kansas State just blowing up everything. And they just kept trying to run uh, laterally. I'm just like, would you just run it up the gut? The most success they have was running between the tackles. And you know what they, re- they seem to refuse to do? They do it one out of every four pl- running plays. And it's just like, again, I don't understand. You don't know how to pick personnel. You can't identify what's working on your offense. The few things that are working, you don't seem to notice. It's maddening. At this point, if, if, if Cook and the Jack Abraham are your best two quarterback options, you have failed as a recruiter. If they're not, then you failed as a coach to identify talent to give your team the best chance to win. But either option sucks, and Drink has to wear it. Sam Horn is great. He looks great. He could be great. But you're not playing him now, and so what do you have to excuse 2022? You have to play football now, and you've been the coach for three years. Why haven't you gotten a quarterback for the year 2022 if it's not Sam Horn? Because Brady Cook is not it. He's a below-average quarterback in a very below-average offensive scheme. That is not a good combination. And then you throw in a bad offensive line to boot. The only advantage, I think, that Drinkwitz has over Barry Odom, because say 
you know, a lot of people say, well, Missouri is not a program in a position to turn coaches over every three or four years. You know, we're never going to succeed that way. Well, if we had retained Barry Odom and we'd never gotten Coach Drinkwitz, and this were year seven of a Barry Odom regime, I can tell you, we would not have been any better. We would have been stumbling along the same way because Barry Odom simply cannot recruit, and he never could recruit, and he never did recruit. He's a defensive coordinator at heart, and he's doing a fine job at Arkansas doing defensive coordinating, but... He would have never gotten the horses in the stable. Drinkwitz has been able to recruit, and it's sustained him to this point and has kept optimism high. But we're in year three. We're seeing his recruits on the field, and nothing is happening. In fact, we are worse than we were in the COVID year, and we are worse than we were last year to this point. So, I mean, I don't know. The Kansas State game and the Tennessee game are on par. So we're at least the same as we were last year. People are saying the defense is better. I don't know. Granted, the offense didn't help them out. The defense did 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 play a couple of good quarters. Yeah, and when you throw um, four fucking also, interceptions in about five throws, yeah, doesn't help your defense out any. And you know what, Brendan? I forgot Luther Burden was our, on our team. Do you feel? Do you think that's a good thing that I forgot that he was on our team? You're talking about the guy who like scored two touchdowns song? in the first game he ever played. I mean, like they didn't even try to get him involved. I did, this one. It, it Brady Cook was incapable logic. of it, and they made no effort to do it. It defies logic, and I God bless the press box super friends. They just. Meanwhile, back with the press box, super friends. Refuse to press a coach. They just refuse. I mean, it just these press conferences. And like I said, well, he's not going to tell us anything. Well, I, I, you're probably right. We'll never know because you'll never do ask a follow up question ever. But I mean, I just he needs to be pressed. Somebody he needs to answer these questions. He has a responsibility to answer these questions. He has an obligation. To explain himself, when you've got a five-star recruit who scored two touchdowns in his first game, is completely a non-factor in your offense. You need to answer the question, why is this young man starting at quarterback? You need to answer the question, and why is – oh, God. I, I mean, I'm, I'm exasperated. I Fuck. It's At, unbelievable. Well, and the Revenge of the Nerds Steve Spurrier act only makes it worse because that shit would be great if you were winning football games. When we beat LSU and they were the defending national champions, that was great. Now, looking back, we all know that LSU, the year we beat them, was greatly diminished. We still should chalk that up as a win anytime we beat the defending national champions and LSU. But it wasn't Alabama in their prime. It wasn't LSU in their prime. And the jokes and the, the shtick, all, it's all fun then. But when you fucking suck and you suck hard, your jokes fall flat. And every time the other team makes fun of you for being a nerd or this or that or the other, it's not funny anymore or you're not getting into their skin anymore. They're just right. And you suck, you know, and, and right now he just sucks and people are going to get mad because there's when this happens, when we go down into the depths that we have gone and the reality is we're a bad program. We're eight years into a bad we're we're working on the better part of a decade of being bad at football. And if you don't realize that or if you don't admit it, you're just living in a world that is not real because that's what we are. But the fan base turns on itself. This happens. It happened under Barry Odom. It happened under Conzo. It's happening now under Eli Drinkwitz where the people who are always going to be Pollyanna and say, you got to look at the glass at full. You always got to go to the game, Raw Tigers. And then there's going to be the people kind of like us who are like, this sucks. We're mad. And they're going to go after each other. But the reality is you can be mad at the coach and still want him to win, you know, and that's where we are. That's where we were with Conzo and that's where we are now. And 
I want him to turn it around. I want to be five games down the road and be like, man, we came in too hot. We were too reactionary. We were wrong, you know, because we'll say that. We I'm have in the past. Ne- I'm not officially calling for his job. Me yet, either. Me but either. I'm officially, I'm officially putting him on notice like, you've lost me, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like, you have time to figure this out. You're recruiting classes. I mean, you have time. I mean, it's a second game of the season, but getting absolutely worked by Kansas State with Martinez at quarterback, buddy, you lost me it's over for you and me if you don't start winning some football games. You're, I mean, I'm going to be out for blood. Well, at the very least, whatever was left of the honeymoon period is fucking gone now. You know what I mean? Like, officially turn on the hot seat meter because it's not flaming hot right now, but it's warming up, you know, and, and this is how it works. It doesn't start out firing them out of a cannon. It starts out this kind of talk. And it's not talk about reactionary fans. It's legitimate complaints from people who are watching embarrassing football like there's no joy to be had from it it's not it is going to be a not fun college football season unless you decide you're going to watch another team watching missouri is not going to be fun and that's all i've ever asked i'm not asking for a national championship i'm just asking for competitive play and something to enjoy and we're not getting it And, and it is embarrassing it's embarrassing to be a mizzou fan right now because anything kansas state throws at you you have nothing you can throw back at them because they are right and that fucking sucks it wasn't even competitive like i'm sick of it being embarrassed it's one thing to lose it's another thing to be embarrassed to be shamed we were seven point underdogs not 36 point i don't want to be if i told people right now i do a mizzou podcast they'd be like why they would laugh at me what a (laughs) what a colossal waste of your time yeah and i can't necessarily argue with them brendan yeah, it feels like a waste of time. It's like having a, a podcast about a venereal disease at this point. Like, you're welcome to this week's McClapcast. <laughs> the gonorrhea. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the gonorrhea show. Let's talk about the drip coming out into your dick. McSyphilis. The thing is, too, Colin, we've been... Hot compl- discharge. <laughs> Hot discharge. We've been complaining for 20 minutes about this team, and we've almost exclusively complained about the head coach. And I think that is telling, too, because Brady Cook is a bad quarterback, or he's not an effect. He's not a D1 quarterback. That's just a reality. We've seen it. It's a fact. We're never going to get anywhere with Brady Cook under center. That's a reality. But it's the guy who put him here, and it's the guy who calls up the schemes who's at fault. And, you know, Drinkwitz in his press conference said, oh, you know, I take full responsibility the thing is, it's like, yeah, of course you do. Who else is at fault? It's all on you, guy. We have yeah. players. Thanks for taking responsibility for the thing you're responsible for. Yeah, it's like robbing a bank and being like, hey, you know what? This was not the teller's fault. It was me, the guy with the hood yeah, and the all, gun. This was on me. Yeah, you're the guy with the gun and the fucking ski mask. <laughs> you're the guy who did it. it, it well, I mean, what's this really disheartening is he says, Brady Cook is my quarterback right. in that press conference, friend. That definitive statement after watching that game. He's like, he's my quarterback. He can't throw a forward pass beyond 10 yards. When he does it, it's a complete crapshoot. If he is, if he accurately throws a 30 yard pass, it is complete, complete luck. He's throwing it in the general vicinity and maybe it, it's like me throwing a 30 yard pass. Like I can throw to the right and or left, but if I'm going to get within a five yard circle of the guy trying to catch the pass, it's kind of shithouse luck. And that's sort of the way I feel about Brady Cook as a quarterback. But the thing is, too, it's just like this this offense that we have 
set up. Is it is it just bad because Drinkwitz knows he has a terrible quarterback, or is Drinkwitz just not good at? I mean, the worst offense we've seen. I think it's have very been, very obvious the the offense, though it may not be great, is being modified to fit Brady Cook's very limited abilities, which means Drinkwitz realizes he has very limited abilities and yet refuses to take him out of the game. Just gonna gonna build a game plan that hamstrings us around a quarterback that and the the fact is is we probably have a better option on the bench and he refuses to play him. He refuses to play him. He is the most physically ready quarterback on the planet. He doesn't need seasoning. He's not gonna play any worse than Jack Abraham or Brady Cook did. He couldn't. How could anyone? Jack Abraham's quarterback rating was negative four hundred and eighty eight. Colin, the the thing that I think is such a black eye on Drinkwitz is the worst offense that we have seen in these two games have been the opening drives where it's all prescribed in advance. You know, the ones that he's dreamed up to start the game are the worst ones. <laughs> so it's like this, his game plan for, and in and, and this game where we had an, he, you know, God blessed him with an hour to write the ship and figure out what to do on third and 13. And two plays in, Coming out of the fucking weather break, Kansas State scoring a fucking touchdown. And I mean, he, what are you doing? And it just speaks to him. Maybe he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. The other thing that is infuriating, what you're alluding to with the fact that he's calling for Brady Cook to be his quarterback is that we have been embarrassed so many times from Eli Drinkwitz now and Barry Odom in the past. You know, there's always one game that just everything anybody said about Mizzou not being in the, deserving to be in the SEC or not being at the level of these other programs. Proves them right. This is one of those prove them right games that we have to endure because of its horrible coaching. And for whatever, is it their ego? Is it their ignorance? Whatever it is, a good coach or a coach who wanted to fucking, who had the balls and aggression to win would do something radical. You know, like make a radical move to change the direction of the season. Is it radical to play a four-star quarterback who is physically more ready than anyone else on a roster? It would be I, the I most. Like it's radical. It would be the most radical thing any coach has done at Mizzou in the last eight years. Because what they do instead is just double down and lose harder. You know what I mean? Like the most radical thing Barry Odom did was burn a playbook. You know, against Auburn. You know, just a big fucking show that does nothing. Drinkwitz. He's just like, he doesn't make any adaptions. He's just like, we'll just lose again next week. We got Abilene Christian, who we will beat, you know, and we will look better against. And we'll no doubt some of the people will walk back their anger when we, you know, Luther Burden does something amazing against Abilene Christian. But then you know what happens? We get into SEC play and all of that dries up right away again. And we're going to fucking embarrass ourselves embarrass ourselves against a Georgia team that destroyed Oregon, who is an infinitely better program than we are. We are just going to be fucking housed by them. And it's, they're not the only ones. Kentucky is going to destroy us. All these teams who I thought 50, 50, we could steal a game from. We were overly optimistic. So anybody saying that Mazad cast is coming in too hot or they're cynical or they're jumping ship. I mean, we thought we were going to fucking go seven and five. You know, we th- were saying eight and four. We were looking at beating Kentucky. We were looking at beating Florida. And look at where we are now. Like, fuck, we won't win. I mean, at some point on this show, we're going to have to have a conversation about how the basketball and the football program get to this point. Colin, we got a, we got a Twink Caleb has joined the chat. So, guys, is, is Twink Caleb, is he there? 
Hey guys. So we brought Twink Caleb in to uh, on to the show because you guys are familiar um, with Bear Caleb, but or Caleb the Greek as you know him. Mm-hmm. This is Twink Caleb, and uh, we just we like the third person dynamic, and so here's Twink Caleb. Mm-hmm. Twink Caleb, we've been railing against uh, Coach Drinkwitch for quite pretty hard. Yeah, let me catch you, you up. You are a big. Co- Why? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, in case you, I didn't, we, tell us your thoughts. Yeah, we decided that the game wasn't good, but maybe you have a different take. Well, I uh, get a Saturday off every six weeks, and drink owes me one, to say the least. I was pretty pumped up about that game, and I've been depressed ever since. Uh, th- that game made my yeah. penis sink up inside my body. Yes, I think the, Caleb literally texted me today that he hasn't been able to achieve erections since. No. Well, to be fair, not even a little bit. He wasn't getting raging ones before. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like shooting pool with rope <laughs> it, yeah so i don't know we well but basically i'll catch you up caleb but we we've been bawling out the tigers for 20 minutes and but we focus most of our rage on the head coach because you know surely the players were terrible and did bad things but almost all of the fault belongs at the feet of eli drinkwitz because you know well, i don't have to explain it you saw the game yeah, I don't know what you have covered and what you haven't, but I get the vibe that Brady Cook can't throw downfield, but I want Brady Cook to prove that to me, not drink just not letting him do it. Yeah. Uh, that was so hard to watch. Did you see in the press conference, Caleb, that he said that Brady Cook is his quarterback? Not sure You're why. You're get a chance to see more of him. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, at least well, we only have a four-star up right away. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see Sam already. Yeah, I'll be honest. I was when they brought in Abraham. I was like, "Oh, good." I was like, "This could be one of those moments where we're like, all right, it's going to be undeniable that this is a better quarterback. We need to stick with this." And the guy immediately starts throwing fucking <laughs> interceptions, like two out of three know, passes. Yeah, yeah, like an inmate throws hard ons. I mean, he just he is just slinging it, you know, to the other team. The first pass he throws an interception. He literally throws it three feet behind a guy from six feet away. I'm just like, he what was. The fuck? Uh, he was the Stevie Wonder meme that you see on Twitter every time someone comes out and throws four picks. Uh, well, you, I know you guys are upset now. But I just want you to know that uh, as the season goes on, we only have to face the number one team in the country, the number <laughs> nine team in the country, the number 15 team in the country, and the number 10 team in the country. And that's not counting Auburn at Auburn. It's not counting uh, – did I add the number 18 team in the country? I mean, at this point, you know, we got to go on the road – play South Carolina, I don't know how we can beat any SEC team, maybe Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt is now a question mark in my mind, and I think that might be overstating it because Vanderbilt is bad at football. and we, you know, but They look better this year, though. Yeah, and Kansas State is legitimately like they're, you know, Kansas State's going to go 8-4, and 9-3, but they're not fucking Alabama, and they're not Georgia, and we shouldn't be boat raced by them. Yeah, the boat race it part hurts. is the hard, the, the part that is hard to swallow. Yeah, and the Arkansas fans like who have been hobo come, hobo come. <laughs> the Arkansas fans who have been up our ass for the last year because they have goldfish memories. I mean, they're obviously going to win this game this year by a lot. And the you know the five straight years of beating Arkansas that shit's over. And all of our their bluster about Sam Pittman, the perpetually sweaty fat piece of shit. It's you know it's just going to prove them all right. It's just going to be. <laughs> Horrible, and it just makes it fucking horrible to be a fucking Mizzou fan. Yeah, can, can if you could trade Sam Pittman for Eli Drinkwitz right now, would you? Yes, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I mean, what I co- was a big fan of Drinkwitz until about the second offensive play yesterday, and then I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a long season. 
Yeah. I mean, really, the only person in the country who I would take maybe drink what's over at this point is Scott Frost. God, that guy's. <sighs> well, hey, we've been on here railing against the Tigers, our beloved team, for uh, 25 minutes. Why don't we take our first break of the day, come back and hear what some of the fans have to say, because uh, we got a number of voicemails, and I have a feeling that uh, not all of them were upbeat. Anyway, this is the Mazzotcast. <laughs> Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. Let's just get right into the mailbag because we have so many messages to play. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. What's up, fellas? Trevor Rennie here from Washington, Missouri. It's currently 1330 left in the first quarter. Zoo's running all over K-State's hot garbage of a defense. Garbage. Oh, boy. I'm just calling since K-State's fan <laughs> be a big KU fan now and won't let them give a big FU to KU. So I would just like to say, fuck Kansas as always, M-I-Z, baby. This was an early call because... Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> we were up three to nothing at one point. Let's see if it takes a, di- a different turn as we go on. Fire drink of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, we, we've we gone quickly different directions. Hey, y'all. Case from Missouri here. So I love drinks. Still on the drinks bandwagon, but holy shit, he's got to find a play caller. Uh, it, it, this is atrocity. This is disgusting. It is literally hot dog water. Hot dog water. Mixed in with some hobo cum. Hobo cum. Trash. Oh, boy. What in the flying fuck is this play calling? That is all. That's right. It's short and sweet. Yeah. What's up, guys? Houston Sultan Connor uh, for my obligatory first quarter recap. Uh, I'm here live in Manhattan, Kansas, obviously. Game's pretty shit so far, but uh, I tried to buy a soda, and they said they only accepted Prairie Dog Pelt. So yeah, that's right. I don't think I can buy anything <laughs> while I'm here, because... I don't carry a Pereira dog pelt, but yeah, hopefully Drink gets his head out of his ass. Yeah, you can't convert that on Venmo. Let's be, yeah, let's be honest though. Uh, youth consultant Connor's probably still young enough he can trade sexual favors at a Kansas, you know, vendor and probably get whatever he needs. Yeah, there's truck stops Somebody between here Connor and Connor. Gas money, that <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> Let this sink in. We're a lot closer to the Vanderbilts and the KU's of the world than we are the Kentuckys and K States. How sad is that, M-I-Z? <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Am I sad? It <laughs> is. Yeah, sad fans are sad. But, I mean, it's hard to argue. We suck. We're we a poverty program. Well, boys, our prayers were answered. Even God has had enough of this putrid offense. 
Oh, good Lord, fellas. I mean, he must be talking on. about the weather break. Our best offensive plays were <laughs> K-State penalties. Time to quit. M-I-Z. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, Kansas State uh, was kind of penalty happy early on. I'm like, oh, we can take advantage of their uh, mistakes. And I was so naive. I have a cousin yes. that's very he really close was. with God, and uh, he has told me multiple times before, God does hate Mizzou. So. Yeah, well, yes, that's, that's, that's a well-known really? fact. Yes. So you've had a conversation with the Lord Almighty, and he told you that he hates Yeah, he, he sent Mizzou to hell, and then he's going to shit on us from heaven is mostly how it went. <laughs> wow. You know, when, when God oh, came boy. back, I did not expect him to take the opportunity to shit on the Missouri Tigers. I thought maybe there was like going to be a whole Armageddon and the righteous were going to go to heaven. I didn't know he was going to troll Mizzou. What? <laughs> what is this? And that's the call. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's the sound of me having an orgasm getting fucked. By this play calling. Oh my god, what the fuck? It's like watching dial-up porn. You know it's there. You know it can be good, but you know you're never going to get to see the money shot. <laughs> fuck me, M-I-Z. <laughs> it might be the best analogy of the entire season. <laughs> sure. You know it's there. Only you know 90s kids know. <laughs> What's the plan? I mean, really, what's the plan? I don't get, I don't get the plan here. What the hell's the plan? We have no plan. We have no quarterback that can throw a forward pass. I mean, really, what, what, what the hell is the plan? There's no plan. We got no plan. You know, I would like to talk to a, I don't mean, we're all just a bunch of idiots, but talk to like a seasoned football coach and be like, what, what do you think is going on there? You know, because I'm, it's, he's right. What you look, what do you see there? You're like, was this what we had in mind? That's what I thought the whole time watching it yesterday. It was like, if we're not going to throw downfield on Kansas State, you know, try some things on them. What the hell are we going to do to anybody in the SEC? It's beyond depressing at this point, and it's the second game of the season. I said it before you came on, Caleb. Either Drinkowitz can't identify who the best quarterback on the team is, or he's recruited so badly that this is the best we have. But either way, he well, has failed. That's that seemed to be the case so far every season we've had with him. I mean, yeah. honestly, no doubt. We've been without a quarterback since Drew Locke. I don't care when Sam Horn got there. Like, if he can throw the ball at all, what's the holdup? Well, and he's I the mean, biggest, most physically ready quarterback on the – I don't care that he's younger. He's a, he's a fucking full-grown man as compared to most. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's uh, physically ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what's between his ears, but if it's not complete dog shit – then I'm certain he can do better than this. I'm glad we watched that guy throw two picks, gladly. You know, he wasn't here in the spring, and the other guys were. But if it takes, I don't know, nine months to learn a playbook, who gives a fuck? Let him play four yeah. plays. You know, give him half a playbook, whatever. But I, We're only using a third of the playbook right now because Brady Cook can't throw a forward pass beyond 10 yards. Yeah. He had four stars by his name. <sighs> let him out. Yeah, let him eat. Well, it's official. We're getting our ass kicked on offense, defense, and special teams, M-I-Z. Yeah, Abrams drain on special teams. Feel the pump, you pussy. <laughs> so glad for the weather delay today so we can watch Missouri suck all fucking afternoon. <laughs> I suppose we need to get you to it M-I-Z. <laughs> During the weather delay, I too, <laughs> I literally thought to myself, I was like, okay, perfect timing. Drink's going to go in there. 
draw up some plays, do something. Nope, come back, same shit show. <laughs> nope, he's like, hey, Caleb, I know when you I went in the locker room, I was slinging hobo cum all over the field. He came out and said, well, guess what? More hobo cum. Hobo cum. He went in there and he's like, you know what, Burden? Just take the rest of the day off. We don't need you. We're not going to use you at all. <laughs> I like that this guy, you know, we've been bitching about Mizzou for 30 minutes, and this guy, <laughs> rightly, his take is that uh, he's mad that uh, Mizzou killed way too much of his afternoon. You know, we couldn't just get whipped in three hours. The weather delay meant he had to Dude, spend this entire day. <laughs> I, I, at one point, I looked at the clock, and I was like, I have been watching this fucking game forever. Felt like forever. Yeah, at least it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, not to stroke myself, but I said last week after we ran for 300 yards, the O-line was not going to be able to compete in the SEC, and we can't even compete against a middling freaking Kansas State team. It's going to be a freaking long year, dudes. Yeah. It could be. It could be a really – I mean, it honestly, because of how the schedule stacks up, and because of our quarterback situation and our O-line, it could be as miserable a season as in recent memory. Yeah. You know what I mean? I still believe that – I mean, you you, you kind of look at the Odomir and go, it probably won't can't get worse than that, especially <laughs> considering, you know, we got Luther Bird and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't know. It can get pretty bad because, you know, the offensive line can't protect and we can't throw a football, a forward pass. And uh, that's and we're about to go through a fucking meat grinder of a season. Yeah. We need to just stop playing these shit teams to start the season because they either go like Indiana where we just get destroyed. Well, and I guess Indiana's not that bad. But Louisiana Tech, I don't think too many people have watched too many of their games. So we play them to start you know, the year, and they come out. We're like, oh, this team's exciting. We're, we're going to be something. And you have Kansas State who – Sorry to tell you, Kansas State, but you guys aren't shit either, and you just destroy us. So any excitement we had, and now we're going to head into SEC play, which obviously not next week, but after that, and get absolutely butt fucked the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you're right, Kale. I mean, like this is a middling K State team. You know what I mean? Like those guys aren't shit either. You know what I mean? That's what makes this so disheartening. It's like not just that we got housed; it's that we got housed by Kansas State because, like, those yeah. guys. You know, they aren't going to get a playoffs bid. You know what I mean? Like, it's not their season. Like, I'm sh- they, they act like it is, but it ain't. You're a middling team that beat a very bad team. Unfortunately, I have to root for the very bad team. If you've ever watched any Nebraska games in the last two or three years, however long Martinez has been there, he sucks. He fucking sucks. Yeah. He just torched the Mizzou Tigers. Torched him. <laughs> he fucking sucks. I want a lot of money betting sure against does. that guy in the past. <laughs> Hey, what's up, boys? It's Youth Consultant Connor from Manhattan again. And for my second quarter recap, uh, fuck. That sums it up. What's up, guys? Carolina Jackpot. It's halftime of y'all's game. This is after the lightning delay. Scott Frost reject. Looks like he's dragging his nut across you like uh, nobody's business. Hate to see it because I uh, thought that if you guys held Drop a Deuce Vaughn, in check that you'd be able to win this game. Looks like you're doing that, but you're still not winning the damn game. Uh, don't worry though, KJ Jefferson is dragging his own schlong across our faces today too. Y'all get that smoke at the end of the year after Thanksgiving. M-I-Z still Z-O-Me and you. 
I think Carolina Jackpot's being nice to us is worse than that. Hi there. This is uh, Pee Wee football coach. I uh, just wanted to let Coach Drink in on a little secret. The punt returner can catch the ball. That is a legal play. <laughs> you might want to let him know. Well, Thanks. at least Caleb DeGree called in this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good to hear from you, Caleb. Yeah, it's uh that's why I kept getting like like I'd get fair catches, but he'd call for a fair catch or wave it off or whatever, and then like ten minutes later the opponents players would come to the screen like what if they're bearing down on you, it's one thing. It's like you're just scared to catch the ball. I can't remember the receiver under Odom. He did a returning. Somebody I'm sure there are many Mizzou fans screaming it right now, but it's anyway, he did the exact same thing. Like he was super duper scared to actually catch the ball. Because he was afraid he's going to drop it, and he dropped it several times. But this is just like Abrams Dreams, like, nope, I don't want to touch the ball. I don't, I don't want to make a mistake. He doesn't. That's what the, the mentality of this team was like. Here, he's not looking at an opportunity to uh, do something special. He's looking at it as an opportunity for him to mess up. So he better not do any. Like, what a loser fucking mentality. Yeah, this is Marty from Kansas City. Can we get a new fucking punt returner, please? <laughs> that's twice. You just let the ball go over him, and twice it's gone within the five. Put Burden back there, otherwise what the fuck are we doing? It's fucking hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. Yes. Yes. Why is Burden? Yeah. I think I, I think Drake's afraid to hurt him. Do I don't know. Cause, I, I mean, think Drake cause is a fucking idiot. He's a bad coach. Yeah, he's afraid to I mean, hurt him. Literally, we were just talking about it. You know, he can't choose personnel. He's play calling's abysmal, and he's got a guy who was known for running back touchdowns in high school. He literally like had double digits in like his senior season or something crazy like that, and it's like you know what? Let's just not have him utilize this incredibly incredible skill that he has, because I don't know. I've got Brady Cook, yeah, who is you know just above a palsied seventh grade girl as a quarterback. So who needs that? Who needs the chance of a touchdown on a punt? Yeah, Macon, how bad is that, dude? <laughs> that Brady Cook is two spots ahead of him? Holy shit. How could he be know. any worse at throwing the football? I don't know. But it, well, it also I mean? strikes at me as like, who gives a fuck about Macon? We also have Sam Horn. And like Caleb was saying yeah. before, like, why not play him? You know, we've got him. He is on the roster. Yeah. Fucking play him. People don't we'll play be for four extremely years. forgiving to him. And the Put thing is, he's going to go to the fucking major leagues or something. We're not going to have him for four yeah. years anyway. Fuck his red shirt. Put him in the fucking game. That's my whole thing. Yeah, and if, if he's as good as we think he is, he's never going to need the fucking red shirt because he's going to leave anyways. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Boys, Jack Adam just threw second interception. I mean, if, if we're going to suck the season, let's just get ready for 2023 and let's get born ready um, because Abraham and Cook are not the answer. You just got to wonder, you know, how did we get here? All these bad decisions have led to this. You know what might be worse, though, it, 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 as far as the Drinkwitz narrative goes, is he does finally pull the trigger and put Sam Horn in, and Sam Horn just slings it. You know, yeah. you're like, are you kidding me? This guy was sitting on the bench and you fucking ran Cook out there the same way we felt about <laughs> The last three years? Basil, well, yeah, like, cause, I mean, Basilak was terrible last year with a hand, but he's, he had a hamstring injury most of the year, but Basilak wasn't great. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, but like, we had Sean Robinson who just actually shit on his leg. We ended up putting Basilak in and he was worlds better. Sean Robinson ended the season as a safety. And then last year, 
I mean, I guess Brady Cook has proved to be garbage. So I guess maybe Basilak on one leg is better. I don't know. But I'm not confident the best quarterback is playing quarterback right now. What conceivable reason is Macon still on this team? Like, why hasn't that guy transferred? After two guys threw a combined 84 interceptions in the, in, in the, the span of about 48 seconds, why not give Macon a chance? They bring Cook back in. You know, I'm like, what is the, why is the thinking here? Hi, Drink. Yeah, this is uh, Desiree. Um, I know you're coaching right now, but when you get back to Columbia, can you meet me in my office? Oh, yeah, and uh, w- one more thing. Bring, bring, bring your keys with you, okay? Ooh. All right, we'll see you then. <laughs> M-I-C. Uh, we got, sometimes we get comedians like this, Caleb, and they're all, I mean, oh, they're terrible. Just oh. terrible. <laughs> Not gonna play. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. God bless them. I like yeah. it. Th- I like them. The fans try to be they try. clever. It's well, awful, but it's not. It's, it's the only thing you had to look forward to all day. I <laughs> know. <laughs> well, so that's some of, some of those long ones I've left him in because I'm like, well, the guy who left it, he's gonna be happy to hear it, you know. But then I just want to hear you guys laugh at him so bad it make their day. Just <laughs> give it to them. They've already been through hell and back today. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I'm being overreactionary when I'm saying we have maybe two wins left on the schedule. Abilene Christian in New Mexico State and anything else would be a bonus, including beating Vandy. There's nothing they've shown this year that makes you think they're better than Vanderbilt. We're the worst team in the SEC. Pretty embarrassing. MIZ. Oh, Texas A&M sucks. That was a sad M-I-Z. Yeah. That was a sad, sad M-I-Z. We need to collect the sad um, M-I-Z's, make a montage. <laughs> yeah, the, I would say at this point, four wins is, is the total. I mean, I said six, hopefully seven, but now mm-hmm. it's definitely four. You're going to get your cupcakes in Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. and uh, that's going to be four wins and um, not good enough. And I do think we're going to get the Vanderbilt win or something like it. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll win one that tonight there's no, we don't think there's any way that we can win, but like, I don't know. We beat Florida last year and we weren't very good. And after the Tennessee, after the Tennessee game, I was like, I don't think we're going to win another game full stop. And then we did. So I think, yeah. Yeah. and, And so, you know, like four is realistic, but five seems out of the question. Drink seems to get it together after, you know, his seat gets hot. After Tennessee, I went to Tennessee's game. Holy fuck. Thought we were doomed. Wanted to stop watching Mizzou the rest of the season, and then they turn it around. Can we ever just start a season with the players that are supposed to be in their positions? Can we ever start a season prepared? It is Mizzou is so hard on the heart. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel bad for the, the guys who are listening to this right now who – are too young to really remember the Chase Daniels era. Because that's the last time we were really like, we yeah, walked in the, the field, tears we for fav- lubricant era. Yeah. When was the last time Mizzou was in favored in 90% of the games they played? You know, the, the Chase Daniels era, when we were a fucking kick-ass program. I do think and, it's my know, job to we say were, his name is Chase Daniel, and it has been for the last 20 years, and Colin continues. <laughs> <laughs> Chase Daniel. <laughs> yeah. There's two anyway. of them. Yeah, it's <laughs> very plural. Point being is that, except when we played Oklahoma or Texas, they said Mizzou's probably going to win this game. And now, we, how, how often are we the favorite? Yeah, never. How Louisiana often have we been Tech. the favorite? How often have we been the favorite for the last in a conference game? Season? In a conference game. Yeah, yeah, in a conference game. Yes. Yeah. It, it just, I'm sick of this. 
It's and like I said, we, I, I think when Caleb came in the thing, I don't know if I finished my thought, but like at some point we're going to talk about how Mizzou come, came to this place with basketball and football. Yeah. Oh, I know. And, you know, and I, Colin and I talked about it off the air, and I think I'm taking it in a direction that a lot of people – I've never had really mentioned, but the reality I think is the only through line you can say from like – because 2014 was the year that we won the SEC East the second time. Since then, we've been terrible at football. We have been terrible at basketball – in that time. And we've been terrible at basketball before. We've been terrible at football before, but never have both programs been so bad for so long. And on top of that, everything else sucks. Like we don't have championships in anything like softball's great. We're not the national champions at softball. In fact, they shit the bed the last two years in the college world series. Wrestling has been really good, but they're not national champions in wrestling. You know, like we don't win anything and our top two programs, football and basketball have been bad. And the only thing that's been consistent was honestly the leadership and Moon Choi as the president or chancellor or whatever emperor of Mizzou or whatever he has been. Everybody knows he's super interventionist and is like medals and everything. And everybody hates him. The staff is leaving in droves, but he has meddled in, of course, the selection process and he's overseen the worst era in athletics in Mizzou's history, on top of just destroying the university ad hoc, you know, like literally demolishing the historic buildings, the history of the university, but he's destroying the athletic program. And I think if he just stepped aside and let the people he hired do his job, maybe we'd improve. But I mean, I'm looking to the top, man. He's sucking it. That's what I'm alluding to, Brennan. It's like the only thing that is at some point, there's a problem on the whole when nobody can have success at any level in any sport and you got to start moving up the ladder and the, like i said desiree I mean, wasn't here for all of it drink wasn't here for all of it you know Conzo wasn't even here for all of it who has been here for all of it exactly at some point the buck stops here yeah and like you said it would be easier to, to look the other way at the university president or whatever grand poobah whatever name they have for him it'd be easy to look the other way but he has this like you said this reputation of putting his fingers in everything Athletics is a disaster. I mean, unmitigated disaster. And when is he getting pegged for it? Because I think it's now. Yeah, it's time. Maybe they're like, oh, you can't fire a guy because of the sports programs. I'm like, because he's ahead of the whole university. It's like, well, yeah, you can when you know he's the reason, when you know he's the one that's got his hands on the rudders of everything. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, maybe we're crazy, but uh, I, but uh, it's, it's something has got to change. Yeah, something stinks in Denmark. Hey, what's up, boys? It's youth consultant Connor here with my fourth quarter recap. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I didn't see much of the game. Uh, there was like a 58-year-old man who tried to fight me for literally no reason. Even other K-State fans were on my side. Uh, his bitch-ass friend knocked my glasses off. But, yeah, we suck. Alcohol is bad. Hobo comes. Hobo come. <laughs> Oh, that scant youth consultant Connor always getting up to his hijinks. Well, it was one of your better updates. I enjoyed it. You need to get some of those Chris Sabo glasses. You won't have to worry about it. It's all right, I'm Listen, I'm not being reactionary or like exaggerating when I say this, but we have that letter school next week. And then how many wins do you realistically see after that? Playing like that with no offense and no defense. Can we even chalk Vandy up to a win? Vandy played a competitive game with Wake Forest today, right? Auburn, South Carolina with Spencer Rattler? Like, no, I, I, don't, I don't see any of those as wins. I mean, we're, we're in for a rough season, y'all. Three, two wins? I don't know. 
I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, if we do go three and nine, <laughs> I may be at that point. I say get, rid of, get rid of the motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Three and nine. Fuck yeah. that. If that happens, fuck him. Well, I'll tell you what, and Kansas just won a game. Right? Yeah. Sorry for spoiling Kansas news, but yeah. Kansas right now has a better record than Mizzou. You know, talk about salt in the wound. Fucking Kansas winning. I would uh, love to see Mizzou at least put up some points. Yeah. KU is scoring. I'm standing here in my garden and looking at dog turd. And I'm thinking to myself, they could not possibly be better than watching that Missouri performance at Kansas State. Kansas State may well do big, well in Big 12, but fuck me, that was fucking cunting terrible. I, I just don't fucking get it. We were shite. Eli Drinkwitz, well, look at this, Andy's going to give us a fucking game. We're not, we're just not very fucking good. We need a new OC, and Eli, I hope he's got that hot seat ready, because someone's going to ramrod his asshole uh, if he doesn't keep up with the Joneses, and we ain't the fucking Joneses. Fuck you, Eli. Fuck everybody. Fuck the world. Have a nice Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about your queen, bro. It makes me wonder... When they hired Drinkwitz because they didn't like the options they got from Sterk. And it's like, at this point, would any of those guys been better, maybe? <laughs> I, know. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, we talk, that's I, what I'm saying, like, hey. Colin, when I'm talking about the interventionist yeah. meddling in the program. Here we are. Hobo come! <laughs> oh, my God. Hobo come. God. Martin Hobo come bubbles for a week after that fucking travesty. <laughs> I'd rather have my ball fro torn out by the roots. That's been less painful than that shit. Oh, my God, Drink. Your play calling is absolute hot garbage. Hot garbage. M-I-Z. I like that call. That brought the right energy. Hey, this is Nathan from Birmingham, Alabama. Ignoring all the crap that happened in the game today, I just I was going through Twitter and saw that Rocket Nation blames everything on the wide receivers and up the quarterbacks. At this point, I really got to think that they're just a clickbait company trying to get a Mizzou fans mad at them and just retweeting them and crap like that. I mean, it is just it's pathetic all the yeah. shit that Rocket puts out there and then everyone just kind of agrees with it. Yeah, I don't know if I have the energy to fucking say Rock M Nation is wrong again today. They're wrong every day. Yeah, I mean, that's they are they are being aggressively contrarian. It's no longer a, like a, a well-thought-out position on a, on something to do with Mizzou sports. It's a, what can we say that will stick our thumb directly in the fan's eye and get clicks? I think that guy, that call is on to something. Well, I think it's sim- simpler than that. I think that the Rock M Nation, several guys have the keys to the Twitter account for Rock M Nation. And when you see a tweet like that that says, hey, fans, I know it's easy for you to blame the coach or the quarterbacks, but what about these wide receivers? And, I mean, it's such a bad take like that. That just reeks of Sam Snelling's fucking dirty fingernails. You know, like that's that's who <laughs> tweeted that. It was a Sam Snelling. Anything that is just so disdainful for the fans and at the same time wildly off base in his critique, that's a Snelling, buddy. You're smelling a Snelling. <laughs> Well, gang, Caroline Jackpot again. It's, it's Saturday evening, and I'm I'm drunk as shit. And I'm not trying to be a massagecast whore and take up you know the whole fucking segment. But goddamn, I mean, I, I've watched our game, and I, I watched the end of y'all's game today. Man, fuck, man, 
I mean, y'all got your ass kicked. I mean, we I mean, basically got our ass kicked, too. Um, you know, our score was closer, but both our teams, you know what? I mean, really got a fucking – I mean, I don't understand why we cannot get a little bit more physical, especially at the fucking line of scrimmage, man. That is, that's the damn key to winning some of these damn games against, uh, you know, SEC competition, even, even outside the damn SEC. It, that, it, it's a holy shit, man. I mean, we, we're just getting fucking hate the fuck up. And, um, you know, we're not going to be able to go to the damn next level unless we can get, uh, some guys who are ready to fucking get mean as fuck and just uh, knock someone's dick in the fucking dirt. I mean, it just doesn't happen anymore. Fucking A. Fuck, man. Fuck. Just, just fuck, man. Fuck. It's a horrible fucking day. I mean, fucking, fucking A&M. A&M, out state, goes on the road, plays Texas A&M for the first fucking time ever, and beats their ass. Carolina played Texas A&M eight times in nine fucking years. You know how many wins we've got? None! None! And none have even really been even fucking close. And Outstate goes out there one fucking time and kicks their ass. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> Marshall goes on the road and kicks Notre Dame in the dick. Why can't we do shit like that? Why can't we do shit like that? It's easy. Because we're taffy as fuck on both lines of scrimmage. Here's to you, man. M-I-Z-Z-O, me and you. We, we, we need to get these boys in the fucking weight room, get them fucking physical, get them to stop watching fucking you porn and streaming that damn shit on their cell phones and start streaming some damn Jack LaLanne workout videos. I'm fucking done, man. <laughs> oh, that one was two minutes, 11 seconds, and I ordinarily I would not let that in, but it's Carolina Jackpot. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that is that is a huge violation of the uh, of the mailbag rules right there. When you bring the fire, you bring the fire. Carolina Jackpot has special <laughs> exemption. That's right, he's earned it. So there's next one's like 51 seconds. It probably ain't making it. Well, we all know what happened yesterday it was an absolute shit show. So I wanted to, you know, calm down a little bit first before I called in and cool my nerves. So. <clears throat> What the fuck was that drinking with you, stupid motherfucker? <laughs> I sounded vaguely familiar. Yeah, it sounds unhinged. Yeah, that, that guy needs help. <laughs> All right, well, at this point in the night, after we've shit on Mizzou constantly and they deserve every fucking second of it, let's check in with the rest of the SEC and go around the horn. We. Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. Colin, would you do the honors? I will. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. All right, Paul, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. Caleb, I guess you've never met the fine bot before, so, uh, you know, Paul, Caleb. Nice to meet you, Paul. You piece of shit. K Paso. <laughs> All right, Twink Caleb, you want to do the honors and roll us down the Rolodex of games? Starting with Alabama and Texas. 
I'd put money on Alabama because Texas is always highly overrated, and wow, they should have lost that game. I don't agree. Yeah, that was a disappointing Alabama performance. I did not expect to see it. A team that routinely gets beaten by Kansas gave Alabama everything it wanted. <laughs> well, I, I think it, what I hated about it was it uh, – it gave all the Texas fans, like, see, we do belong. You know what I mean? Like, we just gave it to Alabama all they wanted. No, no. Yeah, Paul does not. Does not like Texas. What happened there? Like, what the fuck to Alabama? I mean, for, you, Texas isn't good. No. No, they're not. No. And they uh, missed a, what did they miss? A field goal at some point or something, too? Because uh, oh. going into halftime or something, like. Yeah. You're right about that. Yeah, it, it was it was an ugly football game. I uh, I didn't watch it because you know we had the Mizzou game, and I just kept flipping back to the score, thinking, well, well, this is the point where Alabama just pours it on because that's what they tend to do. You know, it can sometimes Alabama starts a little slow. Nick Saban's head explodes in a fiery rage, and then they <laughs> just pour on fifty points, and the other team gives up. But that never happened, and. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Alabama's, <laughs> they've dropped off their perch in the top 25, but what does it say about this team? What does it say about Texas? It's fucking week two. It's hard all, to know. All I heard about Alabama coming into this season was how this may be the greatest Alabama team yet. Yeah. But, you know, they've got everybody on both sides and this and that, and then they win by 1.2 Texas. Right. Texas. Yeah, it's hard on All overheated, yeah. Yeah. That kind of talks hard on Paul Caleb. Um, yeah, you can't but, talk about Alabama doing bad too much. Paul Feinbaugh will not. It, it overheats. Sorry, it will overheat. Yeah. Sorry, Paul. You got to fire it back up. Reboot. It is crazy when you, <laughs> when you think about how many – they've got a whole team full of Luther Burdens. God, what, a, what, what must that be like? They use their Luther Burdens too. It's crazy. Yeah. I love it. What would it be like to be an Alabama fan, though? You know what I mean? Think about how cool that would be. You're right about that. Man, if Mizzou is that good, God, those lucky bastards. We have to do this podcast about constant hobo cum level misery. Hobo cum. You're right about that. <laughs> you yeah. know it, Paul. Uh, uh, anyway, Alabama won, but barely. And uh, didn't, you know, as good as the SEC looked, winning 13 of 14 in week one, mostly against dog shit cupcake teams. It was not the greatest week for uh, SEC teams. We got Arkansas. They were at home against South Carolina. They won 44 to 30. This game convinced me that we're going to lose to both South Carolina and <laughs> Arkansas convincingly. That's what this game showed me. Yeah, I you're think right Arkansas about that. Is the real deal. Yeah, Arkansas does look good, but South Carolina hung with them enough. Spencer Rattler may not be the next coming of uh, Peyton Manning, but. He's got to be better than Martinez for, uh, I almost said, for Nebraska, for Kansas State. And that guy worked us. Yeah, Spencer throws forward passes, too. So he's got to be. It's going to be tough. So Arkansas climbs the rankings in the top 25. Who's next? Wake Forest beat Vanderbilt at home 45 to 25. Yeah, and uh, Wake Forest is ranked. Boy, that 25 points sure does look nice. It is scary because. Vanderbilt put up more of a fight than Missouri did. I, I, you have to think Wake Forest may be a better team than Kansas State. So, I mean, we just don't look in any way competitive on any level against a team that is in any way good. Vanderbilt's been running the ball well, which is terrifying if you've been a Mizzou fan for the last five years because a guy yeah. that can run will run all over us. Next, Appalachian State came into Texas A&M, who was ranked 
six in the country. Yeah, how about and that? And beat them by three, 17 to 14. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How did that happen? How does that happen? <laughs> I don't know, but it makes me happy. I mean, the, I think going into the season, you know, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban were measuring each other's dicks and, you know, having these pissing matches about who was stealing recruits or who was paying recruits or, you know, both of them thought they were going to be hot shit. And Alabama sneaks by Texas and AM gets beat by fucking Appalachian State. Like, what the fuck? I, I, it couldn't happen to a better guy. Jimbo Fisher, obviously, rape enabler, piece of shit. Yeah. Um, fucking love to see it. Love to see it. Well, then Tennessee got in a good old fashioned barn burner with Pittsburgh and won it in overtime 34 to 27. Yeah. Tennessee is good at football. It is sad. I was really hoping when they went to OT that Pitt was going to fuck up Tennessee's day because, you know, it, Tennessee hates us. They think we're pieces of shit. And, of course, now we know we are pieces of shit. Um, <laughs> but, Self-loathing. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. But you know they have no respect for Pitt. You know what I mean? Like, they went into this game and like, fuck Pitt. And so it would have been great to see that, that happen. But it didn't because nothing hey, went right Saturday. Yeah. I just want to point out that Josh Heupel, he used to be on our coaching staff. Yeah, I heard something about that. But he wasn't good enough to be our head coach. I don't know if you heard about who Arkansas's defensive coordinator was. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just Georgia rolled Samper 33 to nothing at home, but it should have been way worse, I feel like. Yeah, I think they're take, they just took the <laughs> foot off the gas after absolutely fucking yeah. – throttling Oregon a week before and just impressing everybody across the country. And Georgia got rid of their quarterback who won them a championship. And the quarterback they have now is also very good at football. Yeah. 24 for 35, 300 yards and a touchdown. We're not even the same planet yeah. as Georgia, right? Like it's just <laughs> fuck. How many people yeah. will be in the stands when Georgia comes to town? I wonder how many people are going to be in the stands next week. You know, yeah. like fuck, nobody's going to that game. No. I saw that sentiment on Twitter. It's like, for how many years in a row are we going to do this where we immediately either have a close gain or just or just lose badly and just deflate the entire fan base right out of the gate? Like, yeah, how many be, times are we going to do this? It's going to be dollar hot dogs and two dollar beers to get the fans back for yeah. the end of the season. The only thing we have going for us you is gotta, penis measuring robots for this fan experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and those trough toilets, but you know, like I said, that that. Scares away a whole segment of the fan base that have uh, small pickle syndrome. That's right. The SPS community is not going to the games anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then you then you start losing and the rest of the fans can't show up. <laughs> That's right. The people with average size pickles don't want to come anymore. <laughs> then we had the good old Kentucky Wildcats ranked 20. Haven't heard about them. They uh, rolled into Gainesville. And beat Florida twenty six to sixteen. Florida was back for a week. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, uh, Kentucky looks good, and Florida yep. doesn't. And it's sad because this would be a year where you'd be like, "Oh, it'd be fun to fucking rock Florida's world," but we won't. They'll beat us. You can't do that without a quarterback. I'm almost certain of it. Ole Miss had Central Arkansas at home, where they won fifty nine to three, and I did not know Central Arkansas existed, so I don't really have anything to say about that. There is nothing to say about a fifty nine to three game. It's almost like a forty no. to twelve game. There's nothing to say about it. I was going to say. I think Missouri State might have beat Central Arkansas last week, so that <laughs> that tells you the level of competition they're usually uh, yeah. locking horns with. Auburn, who used to be good at football, 
won 24 to 16 at home against San Jose State. I believe they're terrible. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's like I, I said at the beginning of the year, we're going to beat Auburn. And people are like, oh, slow your roll, slow your roll. And they were right. I should have slowed my roll. <laughs> yeah, like you slow your roll, motherfucker. I told you. You know, but I, I still like, hope there's a chance. <laughs> well, it's because Harson is like is perpetually on the hot seat. Like I know Auburn. I don't know if Auburn's a blue chip job. I think at one time it was certainly looked at it as one. Maybe it is. You know what I mean? But it, it is an attractive college football coaching job on paper. But who wants to coach there? Jesus Christ! They turn on their coaches in such a vicious way. Like. Literally half of the boosters will be actively trying to remove you to the point of like overthrowing the government with a coup. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and you've got a coach around that. You know what I mean? Like, if you get if you get three years, you are lucky. I mean, they are. I would not want to coach there, not for any amount of money. And, may, and maybe that's relevant to Mizzou fans from the standpoint of if Drinkwitz ever does have success because he's got Auburn blood in his veins from the past, he would be one of those guys that. If we were, if Drinkwitz actually lived up to any of the hype, Auburn would immediately pick off. Well, it looks like uh, Ashford for Auburn. I don't know if he's a running back. He had seven carries for 61 yards, but he came in and he threw the ball three times, had one completion for one yard, and also threw an interception. So he is already better than Abraham. So <laughs> they do have a speed there. Next game, LSU just destroyed a team called Southern. Mississippi State went to Arizona, where they won 39-17. to And I think Arizona's still bad at football. They were last year. But yeah. I also don't know anything about Mississippi State. They're not that good. They also have a coach that likes to have a shtick in Mike Leach. But at least Mike Leach is funny and has won <laughs> yeah. in the past. Yeah, Drinkwitz just comes off as kind of a douche. Yeah. yeah. He, he had a Leach couple interviews that. where he uh, tickled me a little bit. And now I don't even want to hear him talk in an interview. I am. Yeah, I don't want to hear another Drinkowitz joke for about a year or two. Yeah, <laughs> Mike Leach is, like I said, is uh, is entertaining. He's got a very like John Daly quality to him. They're going to say insane things, and they sort of get away with it because they're funny and um, charming in their sort of unique way. But Drinkowitz doesn't have any charm. Yeah, he's uh, just so funny he looking. Yeah. Knock it off, funny man. Win some football games. Tough crowd these days. Mizzou fans are going to be. Drinkwitz is like a uh, comedian who, during his act, performs an abortion. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like on stage. It's a pretty tough crowd, buddy. You were making, yeah. You yeah, know, it's going like, to be uh, polarizing for sure. So, <laughs> yeah, what you're showing us is so really, really unfunny, buddy. It's really hard to laugh at your jokes. And that's why I did a football game uh, on Saturday. Yeah, it's hard to talk long about. Go like jerked off in front of the crowd or whatever. I don't know if that's a comedian or if that was just your family reunion. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's tough to tell a, a airplane food joke when you've just performed a live abortion on stage. That's kind of what, like, if what's the what deal with airplane food from this point forward? <laughs> yeah, there's no what's the deal with grape nuts? There's no grapes, there's no nuts. What's with Somebody that? Explain this to me. 
<laughs> Next week, you want to start with Mizzou or end with Mizzou? Let's end with Mizzou. Next week, Georgia plays at 11 a.m. against South Carolina. So we're in SEC play, and I mean, obviously, Georgia's going to win this one by a lot. But uh, yes, it's, this will be. Uh, I think it's also kind of the test where you find out like what does South Carolina, what kind of grit does South Carolina have? Do they look like Missouri when they play Georgia, or do they look yeah. like I don't know a team who uh, hung for yeah, a little because bit? They weren't awful this week, at least not Mizzou level awful. And now they're going to square up with Georgia. You kind of like okay, this if if they give Georgia a game for even a half, they're going to destroy us. South Carolina can lose this game by 30 and still show us that they will dominate us. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Also at 11 a.m., Kentucky has Youngstown State, which I know for a fact that's not even a state, so I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you've that's always right. been a good student. We'll have to get our research yes. team on that. Which, Kentucky's at home at 11. Yeah, that's blowout. Ole Miss heads to Georgia Tech. God, George, uh, Ole Miss has had the softest intro into the SEC season yeah. of anybody. They, they've had cupcake after cupcake after cupcake. There's no like you know power five matchup early for them. Yeah, I would love to know if they're real or not. They just have another quarterback with bro hair, but <laughs> we haven't seen them play anybody to know if this bro hair is good at sports. Yeah. Last bro hair was good. But not good enough to beat out Baker Mayfield, so he's True. not that great. True. Next, we got Penn State coming to Auburn. Yeah. Penn State is ranked 22nd. I mean, Auburn's at home, but I honestly think that Penn oh, State's going to win this. can't one. pick Auburn. No, I'm not Looks picking like, Auburn. Looks uh, like Penn State's favored by three points. Kind three? of figured that'd be more, but I, I guess yeah. they're on the road. So I'd, I'd, take, uh, I'd take Penn State minus a three, I think. Yeah, I would yeah. Uh, accept that. In fact, Caleb then, more than likely will. <laughs> yes, I degenerate have a gambler, yeah, yeah, guys, for the Mazzocast listeners just getting their interest between Caleb, he's a degenerate gambler. Yeah, and then, you know, yeah, Caleb I'm, the Greek talks about gambling a lot, you know, and he makes his picks. <laughs> but when you want to talk about somebody who, you know, has an issue, has a real yeah. problem, you know, like, <laughs> I take, family I take is concerned. Advice. <laughs> I'm only down 2,500 bucks this year, though, and we're already into what, week three? So. Yeah, sure. No, that's not too bad. Glad to know you're pacing yeah. yourself. I'll be back. Next, we have Vanderbilt traveling to Northern Illinois, where they are not favored. Really? Illinois, yeah, one and a half, which is kind of surprising because Vanderbilt, in my opinion, does not seem that bad this year. And Northern Illinois, I've never heard of. <laughs> yes, right. Well, the th here's the thing. Vanderbilt, that's their second fucking road game in three weeks. And this, they're not in conference yet. Like, how, who laid out the shitty schedule for them? Hawaii was real barn burner. Nothing like watching that at 1130 at night. Yeah, well, I mean, that was solely so that their coach could get a free trip to Hawaii. I mean, we know what that was about. <laughs> He deserved it. Next, we have Alabama is at home playing a letter school, UL Monroe. Yeah, can we talk about the fact that Nick Saban is going to literally destroy the souls of Louisiana Monroe's entire <laughs> athletic program after the yeah. shitty performance against Texas? I mean, do you really want to go up against Nick Saban after a bad, bad game against the Texas Longhorns? It's Yikes. I do not want to. I mean, well, I don't like being a Mizzou fan any, right now, but Jesus Christ. Sorry, Louisiana Monroe. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. They're favored 49 and a half points. <laughs> That's not enough. Say, if there's any uh, 
Harry Potter fans out there, there's a scene where like Lord Voldemort is sucking the blood out of a unicorn in, the, uh, <laughs> in this forest. That's a visual representation about what's about to happen to uh, this this team playing Alabama. It's it's not going to be great. Next, Mississippi State is traveling to LSU, where Mississippi State is favored by three. A little surprised by that one too. Well, LSU is bad at football right now. I mean, I would love to. They bounce back this week, but. Who- I don't even remember who they played. Oh, yeah, Southern. Never mind. Yeah. I guess yeah, remember? <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah. Play yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It was too long ago for Twin Caleb. The next game, our neighbors from the south, Missouri State, is heading to Arkansas, where they they do not even have a line for this one for good reason. Yeah. Because Arkansas is going to beat the brakes off them. Yeah. I mean, whenever there's not a line, it's just like, move it along. Move it along here. Yeah. Terrible. Tennessee. Plays Akron. Don't know anything about Akron. No Tennessee's pretty good at football. I mean, we're week three. We're still getting a lot of cupcakes. Which, speaking of cupcakes, South Florida heads to Florida. Well, I guess they don't head to Florida. They head up to play Florida, which Florida's favored by 24 and a half points. <laughs> it's going to be a lousy week. Yeah, it sucks. But uh, to end it, Miami plays Texas A&M. Miami. And Texas A&M's at home, which I... Texas A&M is favored by six right now. I would take Miami. Yeah, Miami didn't look great this week. I mean, they got the win. I think they no, played Southern Miss. They're honestly always overrated, in my opinion. Yeah, but like Notre Dame. I'm not sold on Texas A&M at all either. No, who is and they after this week? No one this week. Yeah, that's true. Bounce I, back. Well, I do wonder, you know, if, if Texas A&M will have a bounce back game. I, oh, I expect uh, them to. According to ESPN, they think so. Yeah. And does that leave it with our fucking Tigers? Yes. Which, uh, no line, so that's a good sign. But it sure is. <laughs> we play some Christian Wildcats or some kind of purple cats coming into town, and hopefully we can beat them by multiple touchdowns. But here's my thought. I have zero hope. My thought is that we're going to look like fucking world beaters against them because what's going to happen is our offensive line, which is not good. It's not SEC caliber. It's bad, but they will fucking run roughshod over, you know, Abilene Christian's fucking defensive line. And so then we're going to be able to do the things that Drinkwitz pretend, you know, wants to do. And Luther's going to get open. He's going to do some amazing things. Um, We're going to make Luther happy again, at least. That'll be the only upside of this game. We're not going to play Nathaniel Pete as much as we should. We're going to play a lot of Cody Schrader, and he's going to eat up yards. And then a lot of Mizzou fans are going to get their hopes right back up and only to get smashed back in a week later. I love the Cody Schrader story, but what the fuck is going on there? (laughs) We covered that at the beginning of the show. Yeah, it's not right. (laughs) Fuck, yeah. Holy shit, yeah, I can't get over that. I'd love for him to be the best running back we had, but he ain't. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> around the horn is just as depressing as everything else this week, it sounds like. Yes. <laughs> I'm a sad clown. All right, so we uh, we have an obligation, and it's obviously Kansas news. I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Alrighty, our first story of the day. Kansas Town holds unique connection to royal family. I'm just going to start out this story by saying, no, you don't. No, you don't. I don't know where we're going with this, but you don't. You have no connection. 
No, there, no yeah, one. Yeah, but in the you world. could imagine. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> you could think it, but there's no way. Just I'm going to take a poll of everyone who's in the royal family, and I have no idea who they are, and none of them will have heard of your town, uh, Kinsley, Kansas. While millions around the world remember Queen Elizabeth and the impact her legacy left, one story not widely known is a unique slice of history connected with a small western Kansas town. A U.S. Navy pilot from Kinsley named Earl Spencer Jr. married, then divorced, Bessie Wallace Warfield, a woman who later went on to marry King Edward VIII. That marriage into Britain's royal family, Warfield's third, came with some scrutiny. The Church of England and tradition was you couldn't marry a divorced woman, especially when she had two husbands still alive. Edward would advocate the throne for Warfield and would be succeeded by his younger brother, George VI, Elizabeth II's father. George died at the age of 56 in 1952. That's when Elizabeth took the crown at age 25. If it hadn't been for the divorces, maybe Queen Elizabeth wouldn't be the queen, Weaver said. Records show Spencer, born in Kinsley, Kansas, in 1888, was married four times before his death at the age of 61. And that is the loosest fucking paper-thin <laughs> fucking connection one could ever hope to make about a story that has nothing to do with Kansas hey, Brennan, in any way. Yeah. Our town ha- our our town has a connection to John Ham because once when he was 23 years old and still living in Missouri, he drove through it one time. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> it. Uh, I mean, absolutely fucking nothing burger of a story. Brad Pitts from Columbia, Missouri, because he was here for 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> he went to Mizzou, didn't graduate. Kansas woman who led female ISIS battalion in Syria she pleads guilty. Um, <laughs> a female ISIS fighter from Kansas who led a led <laughs> who led and trained a unique battalion of over 100 women and children in Syria pleaded guilty. Oh, good, I'm glad they have the children in there <laughs> to conspiring. That is where ISIS started, right? Was Kansas? Yeah, to conspire to provide support for a global terrorist organization. I just want to. I just want to throw these words in there. Global terrorist organization in Kansas. One more time, Brendan. Kansas, global terrorism. Kansas, global terrorism. Uh, children, uh, Allison Elizabeth Fluke Ekron, who studied biology at, you want to take a guess where she went to the went to college, Colin? Oh, I don't know. Let's say Kansas. That's right. The University of Kansas in Lawrence, with a small K. Uh, that She then, as most Kansas graduates do, Traveled to Syria and uh, decided to wage a violent jihad in <laughs> Libya, Turkey, and Egypt, working with various terrorist groups, as most you know Kansas graduates do. She joined ISIS with her second husband and then led an ISIS sniper group around the country. And the husband later died from an airstrike. So uh, again, she's <laughs> well, from Kansas. Nice. She's from Kansas. Went to Kansas. I wonder if. The, I don't know, the alumni group at Kansas calls up their alums and says, hey, can you donate some money? I know you're having a lot of success there in a global terrorist organization. <laughs> Couldn't be prouder. Could you come back and speak on campus about your global terrorist organization, Kansas, global terrorism? While in Syria, Fluke Ekron led a group of 100 female ISIS fighters, some of whom were as young as age 10 at the time, training them to use sure. AK-47s, grenades, and, you guessed it, suicide belts. Uh, she went to Kansas, by the way, University of Kansas. During Tuesday's hearing, <laughs> Fluke Ekron, 
who went to Kansas, claimed she wasn't aware of some of the female fighters she was training that were minors. She didn't know the 10-year-olds were minors. She went to Kansas, saying that we didn't intentionally train (laughs) any young girls in Suicide Belts, Kansas. Some of these women might choose to testify during the sentencing prosecutor, say, adding that they face lifelong trauma because of Fluke Ekron, Kansas graduate from Kansas. <laughs> during her time with ISIS, Fluke Ekron, also from Kansas, discussed plans for terrorist attacks on U.S. soil, including parking a van full of explosives under a shopping mall, telling one witness that any attack which didn't kill a large number of people was a waste of resources. The University of Kansas graduate said she was arrested in Syria and taken into custody in the United States in January, where she was charged with providing and conspiring to provide material support for ISIS. She's from Kansas. When Judge Brinkma mentioned that Fluke Ekron had quite a few children, asking if they were the reason she might feel pressure to plea, Fluke Ekron broke down in tears. She faces a maximum of 20 years in prison. Her sentencing will be held on October 25th, and she is a Kansan from Kansas and went to Kansas. And ISIS. ISIS, Kansas, in case you were wondering. Those are the two organizations she thinks most highly of. This is a story. University and ISIS. This is a story I can really sink my teeth into. You know what I mean? Like it is the Kansas news I needed. I think it's the Kansas news <laughs> yeah, we all exactly. needed. And then I do think we've got to take we got to take a turn to football. And it's gonna to be tough to say this because we were embarrassed. We I think our entire self worth was diminished by this Kansas State game. We had to come to terms with the fact that we're a terrible, terrible athletic program and a terrible football team. And what could make things worse? What could possibly make things worse? Well, Kansas played football this weekend against West Virginia, a team people have heard about and are a Power 5 Big 12 opponent. And in overtime, Kansas defeated West Virginia 55-42. to <sighs> Kansas had a wonderful victory for them, and we got to be destroyed by Kansas State. Another Kansas State. Kansas fans are walking on sunshine right now, Brian. I know. And we got beat by a team also from Kansas. I mean, I can't think of a turn of events that could possibly be worse in the football realm. Lollipops and rainbows over there in Lawrence right now while we suffer. The only thing that could make me any happier is the thought that an ISIS terrorist was arrested this week or charged <laughs> and has deep, deep roots and ties to both the state of Kansas and the University of Kansas. That's all that I can take. That's the only thing that can keep me sleeping tonight. And that's been Kansas News. Well, guys, do you think there's any way that we can even give out a Kirk Farmer's Hair Award? I was just looking at the stats and I was like, nobody did anything. Nobody did dick. Should we just like shelve the Kirk Farmer Award this week? Because it's like, you got to earn it. Like Kirk Farmer's hair is immaculate. It needs to be earned. It's not given. We've never... We've never done that. Never we shelved it. We give it to Nevis. I mean, we never shelved it. I mean, I'm how saying many, that we uh, break precedent here. How many targets did Bannister have? Because they call him Mr. Third Down, but 
Is there a reason we only play him on third downs, it seems? Because <laughs> the guy seems to have pretty good hands. Yeah, if it's if he's good for 11 yards every throw, I don't know. Maybe try him on first down. Yeah, I'm confused with that one. I don't know. It's almost like Drankwitz doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning towards shelving the Kirk Farmer Award this week as an unprecedented move just to speak to how badly they played. But I mean, Colin, do you want to go a different direction than that? Oh man, that's just that's some heavy stuff. I don't know. That's makes me sad. It does. I know. Mavis is still big and beautiful. Yeah, and I mean, perfect. So yeah, he he did everything perfectly, and it's sad that we have to give it to him. But I think we should give him the golden fleece that is. He deserves a better the team. Kirk Farmer. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You want to give Harrison Mavis the thicker kicker the uh, the golden fleece? It's only right. Yes, so yeah. All yeah. right, let's do it, Mavis. It was a rough week for the Tigers, but uh, congratulations. You are the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. By default. I guess you're the winner by default. Default! Woohoo! The two sweetest words in the English language. Default! Default! <laughs> All right, and now it's time when I think we'll probably be able to come up with somebody because uh, it's a world of douchiness in college football. It's time for the TJ Mo Douche of the Week Award. Douche of the Week. Anybody got any douche suggestions? I'm going to vote for Jimbo Fisher. Okay. Because Jimbo Fisher threw a fucking hissy fit, bitched and whined about Nick Saban and stolen recruits and boo fucking who, and and bragged up how his own program and recruiting and just was the biggest fucking drama mama all offseason and then comes out in the first game and actually shits the bed against App State. Fuck you, you douchebag. Like, it's the same reason I'm mad at drink. All, all that shit. Yeah. And then you just absolutely hot dog water down both legs. Hot dog water. <laughs> That's my vote for douche of the week. I like it. I, I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, I can get done with that. So, uh, all right. Jimbo well, Fisher? Jimbo Fisher, congratulations. You are douche of the week. All right, guys. Uh, it's been depressing. It's been uh, deflating, and we have to play more football. So much more football. There's like fucking ten more of these we have to get through. And uh, <laughs> it's gonna be awful. Yeah, and I'm just ashamed to be from Missouri. I'm ashamed to be a Missouri graduate. I'm ashamed to be a Mizzou fan. Uh, I'm humiliated to be owning apparel for the University of Missouri Tigers. It's awful. <laughs> well, it did cost the company some money because I've been eyeballing this hat online, a Mizzou hat. It's one of these like do-it-yourself companies. It's not an official uh, licensed you know, Mizzou one. product. Yeah, it was just, and I was like, I like that hat. I like the Mizzou one. I, I got to buy that hat. And we lost the Kansas State. Like, fuck that hat. I do not need to spend thirty dollars on the hat for yeah. anything Mizzou. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, fuck that. Yeah. Well, um, they're giving just, it away now. That's right. Yeah. Much like yeah. tickets to Christ- Abilene Christian. Ain't nobody going to that stadium. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to hear Rock M Nation bitch and moan that people didn't show up. Fuck you. Yeah, they've given you yeah. fucking no reason to go to this garbage fest. No, they really haven't. They really, really, really haven't. All right, before we go, I do want to thank uh, Twink Caleb for joining us in uh, Caleb the Greek Stead this week. I know it's been a tough one to jump in the band. <laughs> it would be really nice if we uh, you know, had a surprise win over 
a road opponent from the Big 12. But that didn't happen. So, Caleb, thank you for uh, yeah. sitting in with us. Yeah, hey, thanks, thanks, Caleb. And, uh, gentlemen. I, we're going to keep uh, trying to force Caleb to come on the show. But w- w- between two Caleb's, we got to get be able to get a Caleb on the show every week, right, Brent? You would think. Yeah, and if you want to hear his thoughts, just go to uh, Caleb with a K, K-A-L-E-B-J, <laughs> Payne, P-A-Y-N-E, on Twitter. And uh, be sure to friend the guy. He wants to hear from you. <laughs> Yeah, so. uh, super fan Phil, if you're listening, follow Cable immediately <laughs> and start sending those sexy feet pictures. That's right. Yeah, if you got any warts, you know, check it out. So yeah, he'd love to. He'd love to see any anal fissures you guys might have. <laughs> just <laughs> pri- send him a direct message, private message him. He's, he, just, uh, his private just messages are open. Profile to private. Yeah, his private messages are open, <laughs> yeah. fellas. So uh, send those dirty pics his way. Get, yeah, get in those DMs, baby. <laughs> That's right. All right, guys. M-I-Z. C-O-U. Oh, no, I do not. I can tell by your voicemails right now. I do not want added by anybody that listens to this show.